My name really is Helmut Welk. Uh, it's spelt different than a crash helmet or something like that. Um, it's an old German name for old Germans, and I am one. I was born in Cologne, Germany, but at two, three months old, my parents emigrated and I grew up in Chicago. My mom says when I could uh, learn to speak, until I went to school, I could only speak German. But then I went to school and everything has been English ever since. So today, if I speak German, I speak it with a Chicago accent. I went to the University of Illinois. I was always curious. I always loved science and I'm still a bit of a science geek. And uh, I met the Navigators, some other campus groups, and I was at a crossroads. Is the Bible true? Can I trust it? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? And so I investigated that, and I had some help along the way, including some Josh McDowell period materials that were brand new. So apologetics played a role in me coming to Christ and then growing And uh, I was convinced that Christ really did rise from the dead and that I needed to make a commitment to him. And so in my college years, I got through engineering and got a master's degree, but I studied the Bible more than any engineering book. And I learned about the truth of who God is. He is our creator, and he is the author of the laws of science that we all need to do engineering and any kind of science. He's the one who wrote the DNA code, which we are learning is amazingly complex. But we live in a culture today that teaches we came from apes. That maybe there's a God, maybe he picked a couple of apes over millions of years and decided to work with them and called them Adam and Eve after millions of years of death, disease, and dying, which is a big theological problem. But God, in this culture... You know, we teach kids and generations and generations of school kids that we're just fancy apes. And you do that for generations of kids and people. And then you wonder why we're starting to act in the streets like a bunch of monkeys gone wild. You have to wonder. There is a a connection. The alternative view, of course, is what the Bible says. The Bible teaches that God created man and woman uniquely. In fact, in Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he, he them. And then Jesus actually quotes that in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. Jesus says, have you not read that in the beginning he created them male and female? Chapter 2 of Genesis gives us a few details. God took some of the chemicals in the earth and use that to form Adam and Eve. Well, first Adam and then Eve with a little help of a rib. But he didn't use a monkey. He didn't say, oh, I like this monkey over here. I'm going to change that into human and then breathe the breath of the Holy Spirit into him. No, he says he made him from the beginning and made him from the beginning male and female. And we could have a whole sermon on that topic today, unfortunately. Of course, that's the biblical account. Um, the, probably the more popular account today in Western culture is that we did come from ape-like creatures. There's an assumption that there were apes and then there was a common ancestor, an ape-like creature that evolved into the apes we have today as well as mankind 
which is a pretty big step when you get into the details. So I have five pictures of some apes up there for you. And if you uh, like this position, well, you can pick your relative. There you go. Which one? Any of those happen to look like Uncle Fritz or somebody, maybe? It's all around us, though. Magazines. Here's just a few uh, older ones, but like Time and Newsweek and uh, Life, they've all covered this. It's on TV, History Channel, how we came from apes. One thing I want to point out, that on this cover, they show the bones in the, uh, the brownish tan. Got the upper jaw going up to the cheek and then a little bit of the forehead. Those are the bones. But then they say with authority, they can put this together, fill in the gaps, and then decide if this creature could walk upright like a human or be a knuckle walker like an ape. Here's a a little clue, especially those of you that might be going to other colleges, students, public schools, be respectful. But when they show you this, especially the artistic renditions, and you'll see some of these, and I'll remind you, ask very politely, that's an interesting picture. Can I see the bones? Can I see the bones, what you really have, what we really have in science, versus this artistic rendition? Remember that question. This uh, uh, issue of Time showed uh, a chimpanzee next to a human baby, giving the impression, yeah, yeah, they're so similar. We came from the apes. And, they ha- and this is all around us. Uh, high school biology textbooks, um, you know, there's some modern versions, but they all say something similar. This one says, look closely at your hand. You have five flexible fingers. Animals with five flexible fingers are called primates. Monkeys, apes, humans are all examples of primates. Primates most likely evolved from small insect-eating rodent-like mammals that lived about 60 million years ago. See, you're not just a fancy monkey. You're an insect-eating rodent, at least somewhere in your past. Here's another example, and they say this with certainty, but all researchers agree on certain basic facts. We know, for example, that humans evolved from ancestors we share with other living primates, such as chimpanzee and apes. And of course, cheetahs down there saying, oh, no, 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 you're not related to me. (laughs) So what about the ape men? We're going to look at some, some older examples, and I hope it gives you a little idea of what's been going on for the last hundred plus years. Maybe you've heard of Java Man. Uh, It had its own uh, Latin name, but it was based on some 1891 findings in uh, uh, some islands off of Southeast Asia, Java. And they had an ape-like skull cap and a human-like thigh bone. They didn't always tell us that they were found 45 feet apart. But they put them together, and look at the picture. You've got a very famous type of ape-like head there, but it's slowly turning human. And then I'll give you some other examples of how they put this together. But remember, all they had was a thigh bone and a little bit of the skull. How do you know how to draw that picture? How do you know what the jaw was really like? How do you know if it could walk upright or not, or, or was on its way? They make a lot of claims like that. Well, in the case of Java Man, more human fossils were found on that same island in the Wajak area, and they dated, according to their techniques, about the same as Java Man. And then finally, they realized by the 1930s that Java Man, which was used to convince people of the truth of evolution, 
was considered a mistake. You see, these bones that they found, uh, the additional bones were actually very human. And they realized that they were two different creatures, and one probably was human, and the other was a type of ape. Being 45 feet apart and caught up in some flood event, maybe, or some rapid burial situation, ought to be a big clue. Java man, since 1950, has been referred to as Homo erectus, which means upright walking man, a human, similar to Homo sapien, and they realize it's not in our evolutionary past, or at least not an ape man. Uh, upright walking man has been shown to be fully human by other scientists, and then later today, it's out of our family tree. Some of you may have heard of Piltdown Man. Anybody? It's been in textbooks up until the 1950s, in fact. But uh, look at what they found. They found the segment of the lower, very ape-like jaw, and what's the part in black, and then a segment of a human skull found together in the same dig. Piltdown, of course, refers to a county in England. Uh, and these were found in the early 1900s, pre-World War I. And yeah, did have a portion of a human skull, lower ape-like jaw, and they said this came from the same creature, also about half a million years old, and it was one of our ancestors. In fact, the New York Times in those days ran an article, Darwin's theory proved true. Wow, we did come from apes. They've got the evidence. If you looked at the evidence, well, that's not really a lot. I'm going to be skeptical. But it was featured in textbooks, encyclopedias, and convinced a generation of scientists that we did come from apes, along with some other things. Java Man, remember, was still popular at that time. Well, in 1953, scientists asked to see the actual bones, not plaster uh, casts or anything like that. And so they said, yeah, yeah, you're an evolutionary scientist. We'll let you look at them. And they looked at the jaw, the teeth especially, under a microscope or some magnifying apparatus. And they looked at it, hmm, these teeth, we can tell under enlargement, were filed by a metal file. Metal file, hmm. Well, maybe Piltdown Man went to the Piltdown Dentist and had some dental work done. Only thing is, 500,000 years ago, they didn't have metal files, did they? And the truth finally came out that it was a fraud, complete and utter fraud. They, uh, they claimed that this was you know, half a million years old, but what turns out is, yes, the jawbone was from a chimpanzee, a monkey, but somebody had filed it down, make it look a little different. Maybe, I don't know if they used acid or some other technique to make it look really old. And then they went across England, found a 600-year-old a burial spot and dug up the remains of a human. 600-year-old grave pulled out a piece of the skull that was still there, took that with the ape jawbone that had been reworked and buried them together for someone then to find. Hey, Joe, why don't you look over there? Don't know how it went, but they found it. And today, evolutionists will admit it was complete and utter Fraud. They say, don't worry, we've got lots of other evidence. Well, let's keep looking. Anybody ever heard of Nebraska Man? And I don't mean today's Cornhusker. Okay. 
These, uh, a fossil, a single fossil was found in 1917, and then it was announced to the public in 1922, which is a few years before the Scopes trial in Tennessee, which influenced public opinion, the media, and academia heavily in favor of evolution, even though in the Scopes trial, which was all a made-up case, um, it was found that the Scopes was guilty because he taught evolution. The thing is, the, uh, yeah, they did, but they did not overturn the Tennessee law. The thing is, Scopes was a substitute teacher who never taught evolution. He just saw an ad by the ACLU looking for somebody to help file a lawsuit. So, but as I mentioned, the Scopes trial influenced public opinion. It was broadcast on radio around the country and then rebroadcast around the world. In fact, in England, in London, in the London Illustrated News, it ran a great picture. They had a whole picture of a Nebraska man, ape-like family, when we were, you know, our ancestor, running around and trying to learn to walk upright and then use tools. The claim was, in this case, Nebraska man was supposed to be a million years old, an intermediate link between apes and humans. And it was used as evidence in the, uh, the Scopes trial. So we had Java man, we had Piltdown man, Nebraska man. No wonder people started believing in evolution. Well, the truth is, I mentioned they only had one fossil, right? It was a tooth. An extinct pig's tooth. In fact, that's what the real Nebraska man looks like. You can still find them there today. 1932, let's jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Louis Leakey, a famous anthropologist, found some jawbone fragments and a tooth. And he thought they did look ape-like, but based on that evidence, they called it Ramapithecus, another missing link. That's what they found, the portions of that lower jaw, and it does look ape-like because of the shape. But this is what they drew. So what's that question you're supposed to ask when they show you these artistic renditions of what our ancestors looked like? Can I see the fossils, please? Oh, from that little jawbone, you can draw how it walked, how it looked. I'm sorry, I'm a little skeptical about that. They said this one, because it was more ape-like, was 14 million years old, but still an intermediate. And in Time magazine, by 1977, they should have known better, but Time ran an article about that and said, Ramapithecus is ideally structured to be an ancestor of hominids. If he isn't, we don't have anything else that is. And that was 77. They say, well, since then we found more stuff. And we'll see. The truth is, Ramapithecus, they found some more bones by the 1970, a year before the Time magazine article, and it had the same dental structure of apes and similar morphological features that they could match to what was they found with Ramapithecus. And eventually they realized this was a big mistake. Ramapithecus is no longer in the human line, and now they call it Syphopithecus. And many scientists would call that an ancestor of orangutans because it did look more like an orangutan. But Ramapithecus had a 40-year run as our ancestor, influencing a lot of people. A lot of smart people. So why did I bring up these old examples? 
you've got a fraud and three big mistakes. It convinced, it convinced generations of scientists and people in general that evolution is true. And that, I think, explains a lot as to why we are where we are today. Scientists, they teach each other. They pick out the ones that they want, and they keep repeating the same story. And yeah, we got to change some of the evidence. But there's big problems here. They really want evolution to be true, and we'll see some examples of that. But here's a quote from an evolution believer, Dr. Tim White, a rather famous anthropologist from the University of California, Berkeley. He was quoted as saying, a five-million-year-old piece of bone that was thought to be the collarbone of a human-like creature was found. And then it turned out to actually be part of a dolphin rib. The problem with a lot of anthropologists is that they want so much to find a hominid that any scrap of bone becomes a hominid bone. And they make all these stories and have artists draw renditions of what they think it might have looked like. Because after all, there's a lot of fame and money riding on this. You find something, you get more funding. You draw a story about it, you get famous. And it doesn't matter whether it's really true or not. That's the unfortunate part. Now, how many of you have heard of Neanderthals? This is a little more modern day one. Uh, I don't know what you think of Neanderthals, but you know, I met uh, a few people here before we started. Jacob, he's over there. You can stay seated, but say hi to folks. I found out from Jacob that when he was in high school, he had a crush on a girl named Susie. And uh, he let some of his buddies know that, hey, I really like Susie. I don't know if she was in your English class or something. And uh, they, in turn, let some of the other kids know, and they got to some of the girlfriends of Susie, and they went up to Susie and said, hey, Jacob really likes you. Jacob's got a crush on you. And then Susie says, huh, Jacob, he's a Neanderthal. (laughs) Now, do you think that was a compliment or an insult on Jacob? Yeah, and she, most of us, at least when I was younger, would have taken that as an insult. That, uh, you know, he's some type of brute. He may be big and strong, but don't let him loose in a china shop. And he's probably not too bright. No. That's the impression all of us had as Neanderthals growing up. I know I did. And here's an original drawing of a Neanderthal. It does look like a brute. You know, a little hairy as well. And uh, got a club bound, maybe learning to use tools. But somewhere in our distant past, Neanderthals were there. Now, in Germany, the first bones is is where they were found, and there is a river valley near Dusseldorf, and the name of the river is the Neander. Neander. Tal is the German word for valley. So that's where the word Neanderthal, Neander River Valley man, or just plain Neanderthal today. Um, And yeah, it was constructed to look ape-like because the first bones that were found did indicate that they walk kind of crooked. And uh, there's a story behind that, but they did seem to be uh, have a big brain capacity. It's actually a little 200 cc larger than the average human, but we, we have people with big heads too. And I just don't mean uh, with lack of humility, but we do have variation. So 
really, as we've learned more about Neanderthals, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but it turns out Neanderthals was a tribe of humans that lived across Europe. Their remains, and they can match the bones, say, yes, this is similar to the Neanderthal. Neanderthals have now been found from Portugal to the Middle East, and they intermarried with humans, with other human tribes. They were all humans, just different tribes, and they lived during the Ice Age. If you lived in a cave during the Ice Age, you would get rickets and other diseases, and you would walk crooked too. But now we know they could walk upright. We know the initial uh, construction, the artistic renditions were wrong. And from these remains of Neanderthals, we've learned that they used jewelry. They used musical instruments. They did cave paintings. They even found a grave of a female Neanderthal who had some remains of makeup. Neanderthal women used makeup. They were capable of speech, no doubt about that, and they buried their dead. No animal buries their dead. They may jump around for a while, wondering why their buddy isn't up and walking, but then they leave. They don't bury. Only humans do that. So the rendition of Neanderthal, even if you go to the Neanderthal Museum near Dusseldorf, they will show it as fully human, not a brute-like ancestor. And we've even recovered their DNA. Analysis of Neanderthal DNA failed to demonstrate any significant from DNA of significant difference from DNA of modern humans. So Neanderthal tribesmen, they were smart, strong people living in a tough time. Maybe a stocky build, but their DNA is about 99% the same as some samples today. And people in this room, our DNA will differ between us about... 1% as well. They're fully human. Fully human Neanderthals. So when Susie said, Jacob, that Neanderthal, it was really a compliment. She was saying, oh, he's big and strong and smart. He's a hunk. Yeah, right? There he is. He's our hunk. Big, strong, and smart. I bet you you're very smart. Just like Neanderthals learning to use tools during the Ice Age and hunting. How many of you heard of Lucy? This is one that I always had questions of when I became a Christian at the University of Illinois. It took a few decades to get the answers, but I got them. Uh, You just got to dig a little bit. It doesn't take too much. The Lucy bones were discovered in 1974. Almost 40% of the bones were found. And it was said to be three and a half million years old. And they said that she could walk upright, which is the key from the, for the evolution of apes-like creatures, which are knuckle walkers, to upright humans with a locking knee, and we can march and be at attention and run upright. Apes. No ape can come close. Well, this is uh, the bones that they were found. You can see a picture of that a recreation in the Chicago Museum of Natural History. And then right next to that museum, you've got a statue of Lucy. Now, in this case, take a look at the feet. You see any feet in the bones? No bones, no foot bones at all in the Lucy, original Lucy fossil. And yet, 
because they want her to walk upright, this statue, and I've seen it around the world, the identical statue, like she's standing there thinking about, what am I going to wear to the prom tonight? That same statue I've seen in Germany, it's in St. Louis, and out in museums out east. Somebody wants her to stand upright. Of course, it's only 43 inches tall, about the size of a chimp. But they want you to think she's learning to think with that pose and could walk upright. Look at the feet. They're a little hairy, but they're supposed to be human uh, feet. Now, they didn't find any foot bones with Lucy. Uh, Australopithecus afriensis is that classification now. But as we found more bones, they can match the bones of different finds in Africa. And they say, oh yeah, we've got a rib bone of Lucy, and in this new find, we've got the rib bone as well. And then we've got maybe a piece of the skull that matches a piece of the skull from Lucy. So they can say, this must be a related creature. They think the timing is about the same. But over here, in the new find, we've got some additional bones that would fill in some of the gaps that we're missing with Lucy. What do you think one of the gaps was? Yes, the foot bones. In fact, we've got over 300 individuals of Australopithecus afriensis individuals. Now, Lucy is designated AL288-1. We've got a whole family of these creatures designated AL333. And we do have some foot bones. That black and white illustration, you see the gray area. It's from a foot. And it clearly shows this creature had an opposing thumb on the foot. An opposing thumb like a chimp or an ape did not have the ability to stand up if it didn't have a human-like foot. So the evidence keeps coming in, and yet they don't want to let go of the fact that Lucy could stand up. After all, she's our ancestor. We need that. And yet anatomists have looked at this, and they describe Lucy's hands and feet as being long and curved, typical of a tree-dwelling ape, not of a human. There's some details in our digits that are different from the digits Even a chimpanzee, for example. And then the skulls, uh, Joseph Weiner looked at them and said, the first impression given by all the skulls for the different populations, as I mentioned, of Australopithecines is a distinctly ape-like creature. Hmm. In fact, the ape-like profile of Australopithecus is so pronounced that its outline can be superimposed on that of a female chimpanzee with a remarkable Closeness of fist. Fit. Isn't that amazing? But they wanted to walk up and they kind of had an issue with the knee because they thought the knee, which was found several feet away, looked human. Some disagreement on that, but that's what they went with. But now, as they look at it, the regardless of the status of Lucy's knee joint, and this is Nature, one of the most important science magazines out there. They said new evidence has come forth that Lucy has the morphology of a knuckle walker. And that was in the year 2000. And yet we still teach children that Lucy's your ancestor. Not just another ape. So let's look at some of the things in a little quick summary. Lucy and the Australopithecines, no similarity to humans, but like a chimps in the, in the overall morphology, had long arms identical to a chimpanzee. Jaws. Similar to a chimpanzee. 
upper leg bone that we have, similar to a chimpanzee. Are we getting a message here? Lucy's legs were very chimpanzee-like. The brain size overlaps that of a, say it, chimpanzee. The large back muscles, they can tell by looking at the bones what kind of muscles would have been attached. They can say, oh yeah, big back muscles like a chimpanzee that lives in the trees. And then hands similar to a pygmy chimpanzee. Feet were long and curved like a, hmm. But they still wanted to walk upright on the way to becoming human. Yet Charles Oxnard, a professor of anatomy and an expert on the Australopithecine fossils, said, the Australopithecines, known over the last several decades, are now irrevocably removed from a place in the evolution of human bipedalism. Oh, he knew that in the 1980s. Did that make the evening news? Yep, Lucy's not your ancestor. Picture is at 10. No, didn't make the news. But if you do superimpose the bones, you can actually see that now in the Creation Museum near Cincinnati. They have a whole room dedicated to Australopithecus afriensis or Lucy. And they have a replica of a stuffed chimp. And it's kind of a high-tech exhibit. Within the glass, there's more glasses. And as you look straight through them, you can get a hologram of the Lucy find, the actual bones. And you can see... Oh, they're in green. It fits what a chimp would look like. No wonder most scientists in the know don't use Lucy as a human ancestor anymore. They know that, and yet they don't tell high school teachers that and most college teachers that. See, evolution, belief in it, hinders critical thinking at times. I so want this to be true that, well, we'll just find out more later. One of the big problems with the Lucy fossil is the pelvis, the hip bones. A chimp hip bone looks totally different than a human pelvis bone. And a chimp with that structure in the hip cannot walk upright. The human is totally structured from the hips down to the bones in your toes, all of that is changed so that you can walk upright. But they, so they knew they had a problem with this, and they didn't talk about it much. They just tried to say, yeah, somehow she stood up. And, and, but then a the couple of uh, experts in the American Journal of Physical Anthropology said, the fact that the anterior portion of the iliac blade faces laterally in humans but not in chimpanzees, is obvious. And the marked resemblance of AL2881 or Lucy to the chimpanzee is equally obvious. So they had a problem. So an evolutionist from Kent State University found out a solution. And I'm going to show you a couple of video clips. We'll make sure the sound works just right. But here we go. The ape that stood up it was a revolutionary idea. We needed Owen Lovejoy's expertise again, because the evidence wasn't quite adding up. The knee looked human, but the shape of her hip didn't. Superficially, her hip resembled a chimpanzee's, 
which meant that Lucy couldn't possibly have walked like a modern human. But Lovejoy noticed something odd about the way the bones had been fossilized. When I put the two parts of the pelvis together that we had, this part of the pelvis has pressed so hard and so completely into this one that it caused it to be broken into a series of individual pieces which were then fused together in later fossilization. Okay, so they admit right at the beginning, Lucy has the wrong pelvis or something wrong. But now, Professor Lovejoy has a solution. Now, with that chimp-like pelvis bone, she could not walk upright. And what he noticed was that these bones are cracked, and that's normal. I have dug up fossil bones of dinosaurs. And when you find them in the earth, through earthquakes, freeze, and thaw cycles, they are kind of cracked, even if you have most of it there. But you have to be very careful taking them out, and then you put them back together. I actually dug up the jawbone of a hadasaur under the tutelage of Tommy Lohman, who you're having here Sunday night. So tell Tommy hello from Helmet. Uh, we were there for several days of fossil digging. And normally, when you dig up a fossil bone, whether a dinosaur or anything, you're happy when they fit together well. Because then you know that you're not shifting it somehow. It fits together and locks together just right. So when you glue them together, and there's even such a thing as fossilized glue or special glue to put them back together, you're happy and you know you got them in the right position. But they didn't like that position, remember? So this is what must have happened. After Lucy died, some of her bones lying in the mud must have been crushed or broken, perhaps by animals browsing at the lakeshore. Uh, this has caused the two bones, in fact, to fit together so well that they're in an anatomically impossible position. Like I said, you're happy when the bones fit together well. But then he says it's an impossibly, an anatomically impossible position. Why did he say that? Because he didn't like the fact that it looked like a chimp. We know she stood up. Therefore, this is anatomically impossible. There's something wrong. So the idea was that he presented, put on TV, was that when Lucy died, a water buffalo or something came by, stepped on the hip bones, and by accident changed a human-looking hip bone into what looks like a chimpanzee hip bone. It twisted around. Just by accident, something stepped on it. Ah, that's why it looks so chimp-like. Just happens to be put together nicely, but the chimp-like position has to be anatomically impossible. Oops. Okay. But all is not lost. Uh, this has caused the two bones, in fact, to fit together so well that they're in an anatomically impossible position. The perfect fit was an illusion that made Lucy's hip bones seem to flare out like a chimp's. But all was not lost. Yeah, laugh. Lovejoy decided he could restore the pelvis to its natural shape. He knew. He didn't want to tamper with the original, so he made a copy in plaster. Good thing. He cut the damaged pieces out 
and put them back together the way they were before Lucy died. It was a tricky job, mm -hmm. but after taking the kink out of the pelvis, it all fit together perfectly, like a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle. As a result, the angle of the hip looks nothing like a chimp's, but a lot like ours. Amazing. He knew what the original looked like because he wants her to stand up. What would you call this? Fraud? Orthopedic surgery? That's a good one. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Yeah, he's tampering with the evidence. Would that be allowed in a courtroom? But it's shown to kids all over the country. See, we can fix Lucy's pelvis to look like it originally did before it got stepped on and accidentally looked like a chimp's. We make it look like a human. Now, Dr. Lovejoy, I'm sure, is a nice guy if we met him. And he's very smart. He's intelligent. Why would he do this? Why would he go on TV and what most people would say, commit fraud? Get out his Dremel tool and fix it So because he, he knew what it looked like originally. He's smart. But his mind has been darkened. He believes the evolutionary story. And if I have to temper with the, tamper with the evidence to get more people to believe it, then I will. See, in Ephesians 4, 17 and 18, it says, This I say, therefore, that ye henceforth walk not as Gentiles walk in the, who walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding undarkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. There's so many intelligent people who know the issues with the evolutionary story, not just with ape men, but all the rest. And yet they believe it, they teach it, and some will tamper with the evidence because they have a blind heart, an understanding that's darkness. I want to deny God. We cannot give God a foot in the door and have people doubt this evolutionary story. Well, here's another tip how they fool people. Have you ever seen a picture like this of an ape man? I mean, he looked like he's not just coned, but airbrushed, nice hair do, a little smile, kind of smiling at you there. And then uh, what else do you know odd about this? The whites of the eyes. No animal naturally shows the whites of the eyes. It's a distinctly human-like appearance. You think they have fossils with the eyeballs still attached so you can see how it looks? No, no, they don't. But they perpetuate this fraud because they want to give the impression that as you look at these pictures, it's on its way to being human. Not just the fancy hairdo, but the grimace, the grin, and the whites of the eyes. And yet no animal shows that. No ape does that. They want to give you the impression it's on its way to being human. Well, there's a lot of reasons uh, why they do this. I'm going to skip and run through this next part. There are some footprints in Africa that look very human-like. In fact, they even admit that. In fact, this one has a, and it looks like an adult and then a child walking along in, vulca in uh, um, volcanic ash, uh, which was probably during the rainy and volcanic area, uh, region of the early days of the flood. 
An adult and child were walking, wondering what's going on. Maybe they should have listened to Noah. They look very human right, and they say that a cousin of Lucy is the only candidate that could have made these footprints. Big toe, strong arch, heel-toe movement, it's all there. But they don't like the dating because it's in the same rock layers as the Lucy fossil, about 60 miles apart. And so they say these footprints have to be made by one of Lucy's cousins. Because that's all we know about Australopithecus afriensis. She had human feet to make these footprints, or at least her cousin did. But anatomists have shown that the big toe sticks out, like I said. Which footprint is human? Hmm? The one on the left. The one on the right has an opposing thumb on a foot. That's not in the Laetoli footprints. So here's a, that uh, statue I mentioned. If you look at the footprint, I took this at the uh, Museum of Natural History in Chicago. And, uh, you know, again, very human footprint. A little hairy, but, you know, that's what they wanted to do. And they know the evidence doesn't fit because of all the other finds of the Australopithecines. So, a professor, Betsy Schumann, who is an evolutionary expert, admits that the statue's feet in private, she admits this, are probably not accurate. But when asked whether the statue should be changed, what do you think she says? Absolutely not. (laughs) We don't want the public to get the wrong impression that we don't have much evidence. We need to indoctrinate children that they're just fancy apes. And it continues. So, Lucy looks, talks, and walked like a knuckle-walking chimp. Ida was found in 1983, but they made a big deal out of it in 2009, the 150th anniversary of uh, the publication of Charles Darwin's book. Ida, look at that. The fossil on the left is a wonderful fossil, great fossil. You can see the fur impression on it, and you can see an opposing thumb on the feet. It also has a long tail. But then you see the picture of a lemur. Oh, it looks just like a lemur that you can find in the zoo today. Huh. But they made a big deal out of it, saying it's your ancestor. Looks more like a crushed lemur. Artie was another one that came out in 2009. This is a screenshot from the Wall Street Journal. Look at the picture in the Wall Street Journal. You see the eyes? Again, you got that brushed hair appearance. The whites of the eyes are showing. What do you ask? Can I see the fossils? There they are. The skull smashed to pieces. In fact, it seems like a whole family of these creatures got smashed Again, probably in a flood event with a lot of avalanches. They said it's our ancestor, though, and they want it to upright. Now, they have a problem with the feet because we do have foot fossils here with the opposing thumb. But the pelvis was made and crushed to lots of pieces. In fact, to put the pelvis back together the way they wanted, it took them six years to reconstruct and it turned out to look pretty human. So maybe this was also on the way to standing up. 
Who do you think worked on the pelvis reconstruction? There it is, Dr. Lovejoy. There it is. Letty was also a famous fossil. Uh, That turns out to be mostly a mixture of ape and diseased humans with cretinism. Um, They said it was one of our ancestors, made a big deal about it in 2015. But two years later, in 2017, they announced a date, 200,000 years old. That's too soon. Humans were already around in their timeline. So it's pretty much irrelevant by everyone. Now, this is a picture of a sign in the Chicago Museum of Natural History. I did not doctor it. That red slash was put there by the scientists. Because scientists in the know say that that, you know, uh, goose progression of a straight line evolution of people is not true. The evolutionary tree is in shambles. Some of them call it a bush. This is a professor from Germany, and he said, the once popular fresco showing single-line marching hominids becoming ever more vertical, tall and hairless, now appears to be fiction. So we looked at some of these bones. Cro-Magnum, Heidelberg, Neanderthals, Homo erectus, which used to be Java man, are all considered to be fully human, not an ape-like ancestor. In fact, here is Heidelberg man, Neanderthals, and a Cro-Magnum. Guys from three different tribes ready to go on a hunt together. Most likely during the Ice Age. And then in green there, I have some extra fossils of famous ones. Rudolfensis, Habilis, Afriensis, that's Lucy, Sediba, Artie, and Ida. They're all shown to be apes. Like I showed you at Lusa. You see, research shows there never were any ape men. Never. Just apes and humans. That's all. So we find fossils of each kind. So what are you, what are you going to trust? The Bible, which changes not? Or man's word, which is always changing? And I gave you examples of that. What are you going to trust? God's word? Yeah. So if you're a Christian, what does that mean? You are a child of God. We are created in his image, not a monkey or a fancy monkey. Don't let anybody fool you. We do have a problem. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's the sin is why we have murder, death, disease, suffering in this world. But God gave us a solution. God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. So what's your purpose in life? I'm sorry, I'm going a little over. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we are called to do. As I mentioned, I studied the Bible more than my engineering books. And the semesters that I studied the Bible more and went to Bible studies, I got the best grades. Hmm. Isn't God faithful? Very true. So get into a Bible study if you're not in one or a small group. Study God's word because it is true.